T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, they came out of the All-Star break nine games behind the Yankees in the AL East. Eight teams had a better record, and the Wise Guys in Vegas had the Sox at 20-1 to to win the World Series again. Yeah, they're lumped in with Milwaukee and Tampa Bay. So what do you say, fellas? Can you win the World Series rematch against the Dodgers coming out of the break? Give us all a little feel-good for these last 70 games or so. Two out of three in this series would be fine. But one out of three, the angst factory would kick into hyperdrive. Friday, a win. Saturday, a loss. Sunday, oh, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Several chances to win it. Narrator, they did not. Ten games out now, and we'll break down the weekend. Right now, this is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. So Boston started the year losing at 15 of 24. They went into the All-Star break winning 15 of 24. Pretty good test to see how things would maybe go from here when the music started up again over the weekend. You had the 60 and 30 Dodgers coming in. And so many good things going on. You've got three players with 70 runs scored by mid-July. First Major League team since the juggernaut Manny Ramirez led 99 Indians to do that. Yeah, you got three of the top four in the American League in runs scored. Betts, Bogarts, and Devers. You've got David Price having a terrific year. But the Yankees are red tail lights way off in the distance, and that's really all that matters for now. So... That's what we're going to talk about. Josh Lewin with you, and thank you very much for jumping back in. It's been a little while, right? So uh, let's go here to Friday. That was the one good day. I'll spend a little bit of time on that because hey, they, they won 8-1. to one. Alex Cora said about a week ago, the only way to know if the Red Sox benefited from the All-Star break or not would be how they responded Friday night against the Dodgers, and specifically Eduardo Rodriguez. He had it going from the start. He was great. He retired eight in a row until the fifth inning when Verdugo singled. He was throwing really all of his pitches very well. 22 swinging strikes on 105 pitches. He had 11 swings and misses on his changeup. And Cora said that's kind of having to do with how well he threw that fastball. Eddie finished with 10 strikeouts in seven innings, allowed just a run. His only other 10 strikeout game this year also against a team from the NL West, that being Colorado. So the Sox with a big win, uh, 10-0 this year now when Rodriguez pitches at least six innings. And for his career, the Red Sox are 32-4 and four when he gives them six. A lot of this this year is run support, about seven and a half runs of support per start. That's the most of any pitcher in the major leagues. But overall here, we're talking in his last nine starts, Eddie is 6-1, and 3.4 ERA. Tone was set early in this one. Devers pounded an 0-2 pitch over the monster for his 17th home run of the year. And remember, Rafi, no home runs as of May 2nd in a season that started in March. Now you've got all this. In the last 
23, 24 games here. You're talking a 400 batting average, eight home runs, 24 runs batted in. And again, the, the kid is 22. Christian Vasquez, another home run. He's on pace for 27. That would be nine times, yet nine times the number he got to last year. Vasquez was obviously very disappointed by his 2018. He hit just 207, 283 slugging percentage, 16 runs batted in in 80 games. He went to school on some things. He's gotten much, much better. So let's add Vasquez to the pile of things that we don't hate about 2019. Saturday, though, that's when the hate started to to kind of peek on through again. This was sale against Stripling. Everybody likes Stripling? Have you ever been strippled? I, I never have been. But the, the guy with the better numbers heading into this game uh, was actually Stripling, not Chris Sale. Sale, a ridiculous 3-8 and eight with a 4.04 coming in. And the Dodgers coming in, only seven runs scored in four games during a four-game losing streak. So surely this would be the day for Sale to bust out. Or not. And stop calling me Shirley. In uh, 11-2 loss, during which it was revealed, the Sox had finally made their move to bring in some more pitching, which is good. Now, remember, the Sox already have $88.3 million tied up in their rotation. That's more than the Blue Jays, Marlins, Orioles, Rays, Pirates, and Royals have invested in their entire teams. So far, only David Price and Rodriguez have really pitched decently. And we all know the Sox cannot improve, cannot make up these 10 games on the Yankees if that dynamic doesn't change. So enter the big, burly, bearded, blonde Andrew Kashner from Baltimore, dealt in for a pair of 17-year-old prospects out of the Dominican Summer League. Kashner's 32, 9-3 with a 3.80 RA this year and 17 starts for the Orioles. And that's kind of amazing since the Orioles stink like a herring. And Kashner has been terrific of late, 1.4 ERA his last five starts. The Orioles have 28 wins all year, 12 of them in games that Kashner has started. Without him, you're talking 16 wins in about 70 games. So this is kind of a 1972 Steve Carlton, for those of you who know your Phillies history a little bit. I think that was 27 and 10 was Carlton for a team that was otherwise 32 and 87, which calls to mind the incredible note that poor Andrew Kashner has never, ever, ever, never played on a team that finished above 500. He's got 10 years in the business here. His combined record so far, 667 and 877. That's about 430 baseball. His last two years in Baltimore, 74 and 188. And before that, he was with losing teams in Texas, San Diego, Miami, San Diego again, the Cubs when they were doing their rebuild. So this entire decade, it's been a losing hand every time he sits down to play poker. Kashner is going to start Tuesday against Toronto, and this guy has pitched six or more innings ten times already, and that's the obvious upgrade when you consider that the various spot starters that the Sox have used this year are two and seven with a 6.79. They're averaging about three and a third innings per start, and that is what has dominoed to the bullpen and made them so cruddy right now. Financially, Pretty easy deal for the Sox to do because Kashner has about $3.3 million left on his contract for this year. Orioles are paying half of it. Kashner could make another dozen starts or so here. If he gets to 90 innings, he'll, he'll reach 230 total for the last two years, which would guarantee a $10 million option for 2020. But I'm sure the, the Red Sox can be creative to avoid that. Kashner last year, 4-15, 5.29. But... Baltimore's got that new analytically oriented regime. 
kind of convinced him to, to make some changes. Scrap his sinker, use a four-seam fastball high in the zone, change up and slider low. And we'll talk more about him when we get to Tuesday. But for, for now, let's get you back to sale because the Sox are 6-13 and 13 in his 19 starts. He has gone a Fenway record 13 regular season starts in a row without a win. He just can't command his fastball right now. And this was the 10th time this year that Sale was tagged for at least four runs. Previously, he's called himself an embarrassment. This time, he called himself in the postgame a liability. Sale's going to need a thesaurus by mid-August. But just to get out in front here, we'll offer failure and calamity and no extra charge. And I'm wondering, by the way, what's another word for thesaurus? Anybody, anybody on that one? Uh, you know, not to pile on here, but Sale signed, as you guys are aware, a five-year, $145 million extension this offseason. But yeah, he hasn't won a game in Fenway since July 11th of last year. Bogart signed his big deal and got better. Sale signed his big deal and, at least for now, has, has gotten worse. I will throw this out there at you to, to hopefully make you feel better. You know, John Lester had an amazing 2016 for the Cubs, helped them win a World Series. His ERA was a full two points higher the following year. There was that residual hangover thing for the lefty. Now, maybe that's all this is for sale, because Lester has certainly bounced back and found himself again. But anyway, it did not go well Saturday, an 11-2 loss, which gets us to Sunday. And we invite you to grab yourself a Snickers bar, because we're going to be here talking about this for a while. 460 pitches in this bad boy. Five and three quarters hours of nonsense. That is the banger to New Haven Drive for you truckers. And that's a big 10-4. David Price and Hun Jin Ryu, a rematch of World Series Game 2 at Fenway last October. Now, Ryu, uh, the starter for the National League in the All-Star Game, 1.73 ERA. Only other Dodgers to have that at the All-Star break. Guys named Koufax, Drysdale, and Greinke. And you know what? They got to Ryu. Well, we'll get to that in a second. This was not a good beginning, though. Top of the first, Price with his first home run allowed since June 2nd. A.J. Pollock, a slicer, barely fair to the dinkiest part of right field, following an error by Xander Bogarts and a leadoff walk. The StatCast dorks tell us that the uh, hit probability, the batting average probability on that fly ball by Pollock in a random ballpark is 030 so, yeah, one out of every 33 times, that's a base hit. This was not only a base hit, it was a home run tucked inside the pesky pole, and it made it 3-0. Ryu incredibly gives two right back in the bottom of the first. couple of infield singles, some good base running. Yeah, it's 3-2 after one. The Boston-LA Super Bowl this past year was 3-0 late in the third quarter. And Ryu, in nine starts, hadn't allowed five hits in a game. Uh, this time it was five hits in the first inning, but only two runs allowed. Both pitchers would settle down after a 40-minute first inning. There was a scoreless second, a scoreless third. Dodgers really made Price work, though. 24 foul balls in the first four innings, which is exhausting just to say. By the end of the game, there would be 62 Dodger foul balls, only 20 by the Red Sox, which I think tells you something about how you're able to hang into an at-bat or not hang through an at-bat. But Anyway, without editorializing, we go to the top of the fifth, two outs, runner at third, and it's Pollock again. He just missed a home run to left, yanking it foul. A few pitches later, uh, he gets a base hit by a diving. Devers makes it 4-2. to two. So all four runs batted in for Pollock, a guy who missed all of April, May, and June, the former Notre Dame fighting Irish getting it done against the Vandy man. And uh, both of Pollock's parents, just to kind of dump some salt into the wound here, 
Boston College grads. Anyway, Price with a season high, 113 pitches through five innings, all those foul balls. Only one of the runs was earned. But uh, bottom of the fifth, two on, two out after an error and a walk. Big chance for J.D. Martinez. Hitless in the series. Up there is a go-ahead man. He bangs one in the left, but Carlos Fable sends Rafi Devers. Alex Verdugo throws him out by about 15 feet with your hottest hitter, Kristen Vasquez, on deck, and it stayed 4-2. to two. Ryu ends up seven innings, eight hits, two runs, one walk, six strikeouts. Guys walked one lefty all year. They bring on Pedro Baez for the eighth inning. He's allowed two home runs all year. And wouldn't you know, the first two Red Sox to face him, Homer off him. Xander Bogarts, number 20. He's going to blast past his career high of 23. J.D. Martinez follows up. 402-foot shot to right center. That's his 19th. We got a 4-4 tie. How about that? Red Sox, 13 of their last 14 games, they've got a home run. Extra base hits in every game this year in 107 straight games back to last year if you're scoring at home, which we hope you are. To the ninth, Brandon Workman, who's been so good. And I don't know if this has been uh, widely reported, but with two strikes, if you're facing Brandon Workman, you're four for 95 this year. Yeah, he curveballed Justin Turner to death. There was very good bullpen work before that, by the way, with uh, Josh Taylor and Colton Brewer, Ryan Brazier. Each of those guys with a scoreless inning, uh, 15 pitches or so. So to the bottom of the ninth, 4-4, Zach Rosscup on for L.A., a slider guy, walks JBJ. Marco Hernandez on the pinch hit. He plops down a perfect sack bunt. Betts walks against Jimmy Garcia, and on comes Kenley Jansen. This would be a game changer because he's going to face Devers with just one out. Devers, a 424 hitter the last four weeks, biggest all-star snub in the land, 935 OPS for the year, same as Nolan Arenado. Count goes to 3-2, and two, crowd going nuts. Even J-Lo sitting on top of the monster to, to be close to fiancé Alex Rodriguez, broadcasting the game up there for ESPN. Trio of fouls, and in this biggest game of the year, so tense, Devers scorches a tracer to left, 104 miles an hour, but right at Alex Verdugo. So it's up to Bogarts, who's already got two hits, including a home run. He goes down 0-2, but, hey, he's a 250 hitter 0-2 this year. Most everyone else is around 150. But this did not work out. On the one-year anniversary of the Xander walk-off slam against Toronto, this was swinging a miss strike three. So it's extra innings as J-Lo sends out for a cold beverage. Matt Barnes on for the 10th. And let's talk Matt Barnes. He had a 199 ERA at the end of May. Since then, well, he's pitched poorly enough that his ERA is now four and a half. And we've talked about this. He needs to understand that a well-located 94-mile-an-hour pitch is way better than a poorly placed 96 or 97. In this game, it would be a lot of curveballs, which I really like. Arrested Barnes coming in. He did immediately give up a hit. uh, And Cody Bellinger was up next. The guy's on pace for 54 home runs, MVP numbers. Barnes goes full boat with him. Then three straight curves, all of them fouled. A fourth curve in a row popped up to left, and you could hear Bellinger scream something that rhymes with duck all the way in Walpole. Next up is Pollock, the man with all the ribeyes. He gets ahead in the count, but Barnes is going to come back and get him. Strikes him out with the hook. Barnes on 0-2 and 1-2 and counts this year. Opponents are 2-for-46 with 38 strikeouts because that's when he buries that curve. I think that's a tremendous telling stat. Max Muncy comes up, the extra inning hero in Game 3 of a World Series, not just Game 3 of a June Series, but Barnes gets him, and we go to the 10th. J.D. Martinez, 
214 big league home runs, but only one ever in extra innings. Maybe this would be the time off Jansen, but no. Uh, Jansen's got the nasty cutter, has a slider, no walk off for JD, strikes out on three pitches. Nothing happening in that inning, as it turns out, although there was a, there was a little bit of a ripple there. Vasquez walked. Benintendi a chance to play hero, but he flied to Jock Peterson. Uh, left it up to the Matt Damon lookalike Brock Holtz, looking to do some good wall hunting and, and end it. Holt five for his last seven, and Vasquez helps him out by stealing second base. Career 320 pinch hitter is Brock Holt. He opens up that stance. He peers through those racquetball goggles, and he strikes out. And the Red Sox have to go on to the 11th inning. Heath Hembry has to navigate two on, two out after hitting Chris Taylor in the hand. He gets out of it only because Andrew Benintendi guns down Alex Verdugo after Justin Turner had rocketed a single in the left. Benny is not going to get a gold glove this year, but every so often he reminds you He's got a bit of an arm out there. A very key play to save a 4-4 tie. And since the start of 2017, Benny has assisted on and out at home 10 times. And eight of those 10 have prevented the tying or go-ahead run from scoring. So a little bit of love for Andrew Benintendi, who, by the way, is not hitting well. Bottom of the 11th, at least there's no more Jansen. He never goes more than 30 pitches. So after two good innings, the Dodger reliever is Dylan Floro. Remember this guy in a 4-4 game in Game 4 of the World Series, he came in, promptly allowed a double to a lefty. Well, the winning rally followed, and holy foreshadowing wasn't Brock Holt this time as a lefty. It was Jackie Bradley Jr., but off the monster, just beneath J-Lo, winning runs at second and nobody out, and it's Marco Hernandez, who'd, who'd already bunted once successfully, but no ask on that this time. He was allowed to swing away, and on a 3-2 count, he chops one to short. Bradley runs... Gets thrown out easily at third. Oh, God. Now it's just a runner at first, one out. Up to Mookie. He's two for four with a walk. He skies to right, although Hernandez takes, uh, takes second base. And maybe shouldn't have done that because they walked the red-hot Rafi Devers to get to the righty-righty matchup with Bogarts. Bogarts has been hot, too, so we're thinking, okay, Bogarts again looking for that July 14th walk-off that he had a year ago. Almost. Infield single. Didn't quite sneak it up the middle. Had it gotten by Chris Taylor, that's your ball game. But Taylor, with a sore hand, flails at it, snares it, makes it bases loaded for J.D. And it's after midnight now. It's now July 15th, and J.D. grounds to short. So we go to the 12th. This game is now longer than the gentleman's final at Wimbledon early in the day. And it's Hector Velazquez time. I'm trying to say that hopefully, but you guys probably know where this is going. Yeah, Hector walked the leadoff, man, and up comes Bellinger. Hitless for the night. He tops one up near first. Holt knocks it down, but Velasquez coming over to cover gets in the way of the runner. Interference is called, and instead of one-on-one one out, it's two-on, nobody out. And I love me some Brock Holt, but if he fields that thing cleanly, it's probably no big deal in the inning, and we maybe see the 13th. But instead, there's this malfunction at the junction, everybody clanging together at first base, Huge problem. A.J. Pollock coming up. He, of all four L.A. runs, batted in. But Dave Roberts wants the hot bad bunting, which is weird. Foul bunt, so never mind. Swing away. He swings. He pegs a base hit to left. Uh, bases loaded. Nobody out for Max Muncy, the extra inning guy. And Max Muncy averaged seven pitches per plate appearance in this game. What a total pain in the butt. So after score, uh, scoreless innings from the, the bullpen, totaling six, Velazquez needing the ultimate Houdini to escape this thing. 
He just can't do it. Muncie coaxes his fourth bases loaded walk in the last two months, and it's 5-4 L.A. The first Dodger run since the fifth inning, basically set up by walks and an interference call. Verdugo then on 0-2. Tomahawks a high fastball in the center for a single at 6-4 L.A. Fielder's choice from Russ Martin soon after makes it 7-4, and that's impressive. 36-year-old catcher beating out a fielder's choice five and a half hours into a game. Velasquez, not as impressive. 24 runs allowed in his last 29 innings, a 5.9 ERA for the year. So on a night, Bellinger is held to 0 for 4. On a night, they slapped a no decision on Hunjin Ryu, all-star game starter. Well, the bullpen gives up the goods yet again. And the Red Sox are now, including the games in London, because they, they count as home games, they're 21-24 and 24 at home. They were 57-24 and 24 at home a year ago. And if you guys want to start looking at potential relievers that could come in, well, they're going to cost you. Will Smith, Shane Green, Greg Holland, Ken Giles certainly is going to cost you. Uh, and Alex Cora knows that guy pretty well. Giles won a World Series with the Astros when Alex was the bench coach there. Sean Doolittle's probably not available because the Nationals are right back in it. David Hernandez could be a guy with the Reds if they fall out of it. They're kind of the bargain basement name on that list. And I won't depress you by telling you, reminding you, that Astros All-Star Ryan Presley was once a Red Sox draft pick. Same for Kirby Yates, Padres All-Star. He was a 26th round pick, as a matter of fact. Blew out his arm, has a draft and follow, yada, yada. He's now an All-Star. I, I don't, let's just move on. Up next, you got Toronto and Baltimore. But then, after that, you got the most pivotal part of the Sox season. Because between July 22 and August 4... It's the Yankees in Tampa Bay 14 times in 14 days. They're 4-5 and five against the Rays or 1-6 against the Yankees. That will be their chance to get something done. But first, the Blue Jays. They're in for four. And the Blue Jays, let's talk just for a moment here about what is not a good team. They've got a, a 372 winning percentage. It's be their first below 450 since, well, 15 years ago. And they're worse since 1981 if this holds. And that was a bad team in 1981. They hit 226, but they had a lot of young talent. They had three 21-year-old outfielders, Jesse Barfield, George Bell, and Lloyd Mosby. They become the foundation of their 85 playoff team. And I guess the Jays are hoping that that kind of takes shape here. They've got Vlad Guerrero Jr. They've got Biggio. They've got Bichette about to get called up. So they're hoping maybe that's this generation's version of Barfield, Bell, and Mosby. Now they just need Dave Steeb. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., by the way, just a note for you. All eight of his home runs have come on pitches in the lower half of the zone, and he's hitting just a buck fifty on pitches in the upper half. Young Mike Trout had some of those issues when he first came up. He adjusted just fine. We'll see if Vladdy can adjust too, but that's just an instructive way to maybe pitch this guy in what's going to be a four-game series. And the Blue Jays have been tough uh, against the Red Sox this year, at least at Fenway. So, uh, this is not what they wanted uh, in many, many ways. You lose two out of three to L.A. They get their revenge, their sweet revenge. They had a lot of Dodger fans in the ballpark, and they actually stayed. Isn't that funny? They, they all leave early in L.A. They stayed in Boston in a five-hour, 40-minute game. But uh, Toronto, for whatever weird reason, uh, they've played very well with Rowdy Telez and company at Fenway in the first two series this year. So that's what's up next, and you've got three in Baltimore before Really, the season. Uh, Starting next Monday, again, it's 14 games in 14 days against the Yankees and the Rays. And uh, with with 10 games to make up on the Yankees now, that's got to be the the two weeks where it all gets done. 
They were hoping this would be a weekend where it all got kick-started, but uh, as we've talked it out, and now we got to hug it out, it was Dodgers two games to one. I'll still take Red Sox four games to one last October. That's, uh, I think, a little bit more important, but hey, this was a bummer, and boy, is it late as I record this. Man. All right, got to sign off, uh, let you guys get ready for Toronto. And uh, hopefully better things ahead. We'll talk a, a lot about Andrew Kashner coming up. I really do think he's going to be a big addition. We'll eat the innings necessary to save the bullpen arms. And whether they add arms or not, well, we're going to find out in the next two weeks. But Nate Evaldi is within a few days of being the back end of that bullpen. That's another huge science experiment that we, we got to track going forward. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks for staying with us here. The, uh, <laughs> the podcast is over. Goodbye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com.